like I think a lot of people know the content books put out and just you know is kind of bullshit and the suggestions they put out type of thing so I think you know having tools is definitely something at least maybe the top 20% of sports bettors would be willing to pay for Hey, this is Jesse here, and you're about to hear my chat with Alex from Odds Jam, which is the homepage of sports betting. We covered a lot of terrain in this episode, including Odds Jam's profitable B2C subscription business, how Alex is thinking about the B2B opportunity for Odds Jam, and why driving audience growth through content is his biggest focus for this year. This was a really fun episode, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. But before we get started, iGaming Next Valletta is on the horizon, and it's set to be the biggest and best event yet, with over 4,000 industry leaders from around the world attending on the 21st and 22nd of June. The event will also host a week-long festival schedule, packed with exciting activities such as bowling, poker, golf, and the highly anticipated 10-year anniversary celebration of the legendary 2,000 guest pool party, Showers. Don't miss out on this opportunity to network, learn, and have fun with the biggest names in iGaming, Web3, marketing, investing, and beyond. Register now for iGaming Next Valletta at www.igamingnext.com. All right, we're back with a fresh episode of the Betting Startups Podcast, which according to my abacus here is episode number 61. And for this one, I'm joined by Alex from Odds Jam, which is a company I've been hearing more and more about in recent months. So it's definitely making waves and looking forward to getting into all of it. But first things first, Alex, great to have you here with us today. I know you've been traveling this week. So where are you at today and how's everything going on your end? Not bad. I'm actually I'm actually in Los Angeles right now, hanging out, getting some sunshine, hopefully before heading back to the East Coast where I'm from. Awesome. Well, like I say, we have lots to talk about over the next 30-ish minutes here, because as I alluded to, I get the impression that things are going really well for you and the team at Odds Jam. So excited to unpack it all. Maybe just to start off with today and for folks listening that might not be familiar with yourself, can you just take a couple minutes up front here and give us a bit of an introduction and a backgrounder and maybe some of the major chapters of your journey up until you founded Odds Jam? Yeah. So I'm initially from Virginia, actually, as well as my co-founder. So we went to the same high school. We went to the same college. So kind of been best friends kind of forever. So we both graduated college. I took kind of a traditional financial-ish uh, path after graduating with an engineering degree. So I worked on Wall Street as like a quant trader, got really into numbers, data, markets, all that type of stuff in Pennsylvania. My co-founder stayed in the Valley. And then ultimately, you know, once kind of sports betting legalized, um, I was kind of right there and on the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania, got really engrossed in sports betting, spending all my free time doing it, you know, really bringing like a market perspective, data perspective. So kind of when the opportunity, you know, seemed to come up to possibly get into the industry was more than thrilled to, you know, dive in kind of head first. Right on. So before you guys co-founded Odds Jam and you sort of entered the industry, like your own background and your betting journey, I guess, can you talk to us about, a bit about like, you know, your journey as a better from that side oh, of the counter? Oh, yeah, totally. So I, mean, I remember DraftKings launching in New Jersey, just seeing like some promo and then BetMGM and then FanDuel and then same in Pennsylvania, all these books launching. And I think at first I was very skeptical. Like a lot of people, I mean, I'd use some of the offshore books, but you know, when some of these books entered, it was like, damn, some of these offers are good. They're enticing me to get a lot of sports books over here. So, um, you know, just ultimately started signing up, getting really into betting, just kind of would manually hunt around the books, look for value. I mean, I always loved watching sports, probably got into it a bit more now with Odds Jam, but, you know, just kind of was more of a fun thing, a little lucrative. 
and then just started to get more and more serious over time as I realized like I had an edge and also, you know, kind of just working in the financial industry, surrounded with a lot of smart data-minded people, realized like this is how you bet on sports and like it's not nobody knows the future and if LeBron's going to win or not type of thing. So just really bringing like a data-driven, market-driven perspective into sports betting I thought was really fun. And yeah, I mean, I'm a gambler, right? I was a trader at work, so I went into work, gambled all day. You know, I've always loved gambling with an edge type of thing. So sports betting really was no different. It's very similar to trading. So I just viewed it as kind of like a more fun version of trading. And then just talk a little bit about, I guess, you know, as you were betting, as you were getting into it from sort of the customer perspective, what was sort of, I guess, the switch that flipped and you started to think about actually getting into the business. And I guess that sort of segues into like the origin story for OzGem. Can you give us a bit of a sense of like how the journey started from the beginning and kind of just how it all came about? Yeah. So I'd say like the ideas mainly came actually from content just because I would try to read and learn more. And I realized there just wasn't a lot of stuff out there. It was a lot of the same stuff, like just picks and a lot of BS, you know, content kind of promoted by the operators themselves, which doesn't really make any sense in terms of incentives being aligned, stuff like that. So I guess the idea kind of started when we started toying around with like how many books we're entering, how many states um, we're going to launch and just, you know, even having a tool to compare lines from BetMGM, Caesars, DraftKings would be pretty cool. The main three books I was using. And just like once we kind of realized that was feasible and there was probably a lot of content we could create kind of educating people how to use tools, how to line shop, making it a little sexier and more fun that maybe we could, you know, actually make a business out of it. Awesome. And then once you sort of had that moment of clarity, you realize you have a business opportunity here, like talk a little bit about just the tangible steps you and your co-founder took to kind of get things from the idea stage to yeah. kind of making it real and everything sort of in between there. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty dumb. So we just kind of did it. And I mean, I didn't really think about it. I still remember calling my dad. I called my girlfriend at the time. It was just like, yep, just quit my job. And they're just like, you fucking idiot. Like my dad just like silent on the phone for like, probably 98 seconds just my mom just silent for another 30 i mean i we just kind of did it and i mean i you know we didn't really think there was money we knew there was opportunity in sports betting in general obviously a lot of states have legalized kind of since it launched but just kind of did it and didn't really make money for a while but you know i worked i'm pretty frugal so is my co-founder like you know we had jobs i wasn't i wasn't worried about going to be on food stamps, something like that. I can always go get another job type of thing is the way I viewed it. And it took us a while to kind of get it off the ground and get in rhythm. But once we were, I mean, you know, things kind of took off from there. Awesome. Well, let's zoom in a little bit on Odds Jam then, Alex. And just to contextualize things again for people listening that might not be familiar with it, can you give us just a sort of high concept overview? You know, what is it? Who uses it? And just what's the overall value prop to the users? Yeah. So the initial value prop was just line shopping, right? Like there's people like me who, you know, maybe are a bit younger. We like to bet on these nerfies, these player props, anytime touchdown scores. And we really felt like there wasn't a great way to browse odds, uh, look at lines, compare prices between books and being a more sophisticated better that really matters. So I'd say at first odds jam definitely appealed really to just, you know, maybe the more sophisticated betters who already knew about concepts like line shopping, but, you know, we kind of, you know, realized a lot of these topics, you know, that we're not talking about rocket science over here. So I guess as the company has grown and we've just really focused on educating and kind of helping other betters understand these concepts that, I mean, really just are like sports betting 101 type of concepts and just kind of try to expand and explain it to as many people as possible and 
words that help them understand type of thing. Like not everyone, you know, maybe thinks about sports betting the same way I do, but people get educated on these concepts in different ways. So yeah, I mean, we've done a pretty good job, I guess, just appealing to people who want to learn how to be better. It's really hard to help people, I guess, for odd sham who, you know, don't want to line shop. But people who like want to become better sports betters or, or want to just know a bit more how to do it right. Why should I have more than one book? Like we end up, you know, kind of appealing to them. Awesome. So the product that is core, you know, as you say, sort of odds comparison. Um, what's the business model or how do you guys monetize the product uh, as of today? Yeah. So most of our revenue is just subscription from customers and then also from businesses. So we help power, you know, we started kind of having companies from the early days reach out and be like, oh, you guys have a pretty cool product. We like your odds. There's a lot of books like you want to sell us the data. So we started kind of working with some other cool, you know, startups in the industry, Picket, you know, some some companies that are also getting pretty good traction, which is awesome. And that's where most of our revenue comes from. I mean, we have a, you know, kind of an editorial motion. So a small like affiliate advertising piece. You know, we've worked we work with some of the exchanges, you know, sport trade profit type of thing as well. So stuff like that, you know, but um, most of the revenue subscription. Right on. And you just talked about traction. Just wondering if you can try and contextualize where Odds Jam's at in the journey and, and sort of what kind of traction does it have, however you want to sort of measure or define that. Um, like I said at the start here, I've been hearing a lot about Odds Jam, so I'm getting the perception that, that things are going really well. But like, how do you sort of think about the traction and kind of where you guys are at as of today? Yeah, I mean, things are things are going well. I mean, at this point, you know, the team has grown. It's not just me and my co-founder. So we recently hired, for example, a contractor from... Odds checker previously worked at Odds Checker. So we're really focused on, I'd say, like traction in terms of audience. Like for us, that's kind of what we're really focused on is just building how many people even have heard about Odd Jam. I mean, there are tens of millions of people who have placed a bet. I would argue less than, you know, 500,000 have even ever used a product to place a bet or even possibly even read an article. I don't know. Like, but, you know, just kind of we're really focused on, you know, audience growth. I would say that's really our goal for this year trying to get Odd Jam in front of more people, making it accessible, either our content or our tools. Recognize not everyone wants to line shop, they don't care enough. But even just our content, our tools, our picks, uh, people we work with kind of, you know, making the product relatable to them and just kind of the method of betting relatable to them. Interesting. Just to dig into that a little bit, right? You sort of touched upon it where probably like the vast majority of people within sort of the US regulated market at this stage are fairly new to it still. They maybe don't understand or have any interest in understanding some of these sort of deeper concepts. What percentage of, I guess, the overall betting population do you think a tool like OzGem will ultimately ever end up like resonating with, right? Most people don't want to put in the work. They just want the output. They just want the result. How do you sort of think about that and reconcile that? Yeah, totally. I'd say we heard a lot of numbers on, you know, maybe like caps of things like that, that we feel like we've surpassed at this point. So I do think it's something that's a moving target. Like the more people that get motivated, like we have a lot of people kind of, you know, we have some poker players or blackjack players who hear about odd sham, they get into sports betting. I mean, now the sports betting's regulated, like everything kind of changes. So I guess I don't have a great sense on the cap. I mean, we really feel though, like we're scratching the surface of, you know, like we don't think we've even, I would say, done a particularly good job at things we think we could have excelled better and be twice the size, three times the size, 10 times the size if we would have just done them and executed properly when we initially set out. But yeah, I mean, I'd say there's a lot of sports bettors who want to learn. There's a lot of people who want to learn, you know, trading. There's a lot of people who want to learn poker. I don't think it's different in sports betting. And I would say sports betting is very sticky as well. Like once people 
like it. And even if they're not making a killing, even if they're making, you know, hundred bucks a month, it's fun. So like even just us helping people slightly get better who maybe don't have the biggest bankrolls, they're not trying to bet on sports full time, but they're going to bet on sports anyways, and they're going to lose their shirt or maybe be a little profitable. Like we definitely end up appealing to people like that. And I think there's a big market of people like that. For sure. For sure. Uh, Odds Jam kind of sits within this category of, uh, you know, the betting tools category of which just quite a few out there these days, each offering sort of something quite different or unique and different use cases and value props. Just curious, like, how do you view the betting tools landscape as of today and kind of where do you see Odds Jam in it? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of great companies out there. I'd say, yeah, I mean, I think we have the best tools maybe that make bets actionable, if that makes sense. Like, I think there's a lot of great tools for doing research as well. But I think our tools, we really try to make things actionable for users. Like, there's a ton of data. Uh, there's a ton of lines you can look at. There's a ton of games every night. But like, what are those wagers that maybe you want to zone in on? Kind of in the same way that we feel like handicappers are very attractive, right? They just literally tell you the exact bet to place. So, you know, not that we want to be a handicapper or anything like that, but, you know, we, we, we ideally want to help people get insights from the data as well. And any tools we plan on launching or things like that, uh, that's definitely our goal to make this data actionable. There's so many odds in the market. They're always moving. It's a market. So like, what should I be looking at now as a better in New Jersey who uses these six sports books? Like that's kind of what we focus on. And yeah, talking about, I guess, like actionable insights or actionable advice. I want to talk a little bit as well, just about Twitter. And, you know, I follow you on Twitter. You're very active on there. You have quite a following on there. And my sense just from, you know, observing kind of your engagement on there, a lot of people do follow you for some of this actionable insight, right? You do, I think, you know, post picks maybe every day or every other day. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, why you choose to allocate so much of your time to Twitter and sort of how you think about Twitter as a marketing tool, I guess, for Odds Jam? Yeah, I mean, I don't really use Twitter. We mainly used YouTube and now I kind of switched. I don't know, maybe I got uglier, I got older, so I decided to take my face <laughs> out a little more type of thing. But um, no, I mean, I just kind of started using Twitter a bit more and just kind of realized like there's gamblers there who want to learn and kind of like that's the straw for me at least spending part of my time on it. Like I would say there are certain platforms where there may be sports betters, but I wouldn't say they want to learn or the way, you know, like it's a very hard platform to educate on. And I'd say Twitter is too, but there's enough of a character count that I feel like I can explain a bit roughly. And if people want to learn more, they can kind of dig into it. So I'd say anywhere that we feel like we can educate customers effectively and gamblers live is like a platform we want to try. But yeah, Twitter's new for me. I like it. I think it's fun. And I think, um, I think the method of like giving out a pick and kind of explaining it has been, you know, at least somewhat effective for us. It's hard to kind of measure. Like there's no yeah. crazy math or explaining going on on Twitter. That's for sure. But, you know, kind of like these group sweats, everyone tells the same thing. There's a little bit of knowledge involved. I think it's been fun and, you know, at least some people enjoy it. So being relatively new to Twitter, then, as you say, I got to ask, like, what's your overall like perception of the gambling Twitter community, right? I mean, this is a community that's been around forever and obviously it changes and evolved over time. And, you know, in the, in the current day, uh, it's bigger than ever. It's more vibrant than ever, but it's also, as you would expect on Twitter with any subject matter, there's a lot of contention. There's often some level of like toxicity, like whatever, like what's your just overall like experience with that side of it so far in your time with Twitter? Definitely a mix of people. I mean, I guess but I, I felt the same about YouTube. You get some really smart yeah. people who just want to learn. You definitely get the people who, 
you know, are going to remember exactly the second a bet loses and then come back and, you know, hit on you a bit. But in general, I'd say most of it is just, it's a lot of the same stuff, like just handicappers. I feel like that you see on YouTube anyways, people giving out picks under some weird touty logo type of thing. And it's just interesting. But I'd say in general, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of gamblers on Twitter, it seems like so. 100%. I can take I can take some insults and, and lost bets. That's for sure. <laughs> Comes with the territory, I guess. Eh? Exactly. Awesome. Well, let's shift to talk a bit more about Odds Jam then, Alex. Uh, one thing I want to ask a little bit about is I think last August I saw an announcement that Odds Jam acquired Odds Boom. Can you talk a bit about that deal? Uh, maybe just for the uh, folks listening, explain who Odds Boom is or was. Uh, and just talk about that deal, how it came together and just why it made sense for both parties. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, we were both kind of odds comparison products with some tools and we were both, you know, kind of building similar things and trying to do similar things. And we ended up getting along pretty well and just kind of realizing why build two cars if maybe we can build a rocket together and not saying that's what we did at all. But kind of the point was, you know, eh, you're really smart, you know, you're really good at certain things where, you know, pretty good at some things as well. Like, well, shit, like, why don't we just do this together and just see if we can really make our product, you know, kind of odds jam, really the go-to odds comparison product as opposed to maybe having some like segmented market or whatever. So we ended up, you know, like Mark, who was the odds boom founder, ended up having, you know, tons of experience internationally. You know, he previously had businesses in Australia and Europe and kind of just came on to really help us dial in our product to make it as useful as possible for betters. Wine shopping's free on Odds Jam, like browsing odds and stuff like that, as well as a lot of the other tools, the bet tracker and stuff like that. So he kind of pioneered um, a lot of those initiatives, uh, as well as our international, you know, trying to expand internationally a bit, adding a lot more of those books, markets to make our product also more applicable to people maybe in Australia. I mean, same data, right? Like our tool at the end of the day, like it's just data-driven sports betting software. So for us, it's like if we can add in Australian books and get some revenue from Australia and appeal to those people, like we'd obviously rather do it. So he kind of pioneered that as well. I guess the whole point is, you know, yeah, we just thought we could do more together and build faster and build better. And not saying we did that, but that was the goal. Curious, Alex, if you could talk a little bit about kind of the B2B opportunity for Odds Jam and what uh, you guys are doing to work towards that right now in parallel with everything you're doing on the B2C side. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we just kind of, you know, we ended up bringing on board Benji, who was previously, you know, ran Don Best, who uh, we met pretty early on in our journey. Um, just like we had a phone call with him and then, you know, he was still kind of involved with Don Best. So we didn't end up really getting to work with him, but we ended up really hitting it off kind of when we brought him on board and just realizing like, again, kind of in the same way, I'm like, oh, like, you know, this data if points bets in four different countries, like our product and those bets are relevant to four different demographics of people or four different countries, it's kind of the same thing with B2B is like, it just ended up being some people would come to us and be like, we want the data. And it's like, well, shit, like we'll sell you it too. Um, so we ended up just kind of, you know, we've always been trying, tried to be opportunistic and just listen to customers, listen to our users. I mean, sure. I have ideas of how I think people should bet on sports, but at the end of the day, like, People want a tool, we'll, and it comes in masses, or they want a sports book. You know, we'll add it, we'll build it because you know they're the client. And I think the B two B opportunity kind of came from that. Is people wanted data, they wanted data for a breadth of markets, and 
we realized like, well, we already packaged this together for our product. So sure, we'll sell it to you. Um, so just kind of took it opportunistically and it's just gotten a lot bigger than maybe we initially expected. Um, so we brought on board Benji and he's kind of been helping pioneer a lot of those initiatives and stuff like that. But I'm not sure how big the opportunity is for Podsham. I definitely feel like we have a lot more opportunity on the B2B side, but especially the B2C side, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can also create free tools for consumers that literally you don't even have to take a credit card and you can monetize via affiliate, which like, you know, we're more than happy to do. So yeah, you just alluded to to Benji, who's obviously a friend of the podcast. He's been on before. He's been a guest host before. So our audience knows him very well, but you've, yeah. you've brought in some other very experienced industry names into the business. Uh, just curious, Alex, if you can talk just a bit about, you know, what it's meant to have people like them involved and sort of like how that's helped accelerate some of the initiatives you guys are working on. Yeah. So we recently brought on uh, Matt Restivo, a COO. So he previously was the chief product officer at Action, obviously Action Network really successful company, Bet Tracker, you know, lots of great stuff in the world of content, as well as Noah Suzabuki. I mean, I definitely just pronounced his last name wrong. <laughs> Probably wouldn't get it right if you gave me another five tries. So Noah, but he was the interim CEO of Action. And I mean, these people at the end of the day are just smarter than us, more experienced than us. And, um, you know, we really want the best ideas to win. And like, I definitely, again, have my version of how I know specifically how to bet, which helped Odds Jam maybe reach initial success. But at this point, you know, again, like we want to grow. We want our product to appeal to more than just the top 0.01% of sports bettors type of thing. So trying to bring in people who have done that with other companies has been great because at the end of the day, like this is my first company. It's my co-founders, at least, you know, and like been lucky and we've been, you know, with like legalization and a lot of stuff like that, but definitely not saying we're experts in anything. Fair enough. Also, just with regards to like the funding backgrounder for Odds Jam, um, how have you guys capitalized the company thus far? And I guess, you know, looking forward and all of the growth ambition you have, do you guys have any future fundraising plans or can you just talk a bit about that side of it? Yeah, so we're profitable. And I mean, you know, we didn't need to like raise money from venture, at least initially, like we had pretty good savings and, you know, like friends and family type of thing. But at the end of the day, we're profitable, so we're not really focused on funding or anything like that. Uh, for the near future, not saying we won't ever be, but we're just kind of heads down. We've always been just tried to be head heads down, not focused on the bullshit, as we like to say, and just growth, growth of audience, growth of customers, making the best tools and everything else will kind of come. So hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have to raise money this year, but we'll see. So, Well, definitely have optionality, though. I mean, being in a position of being a profitable company gives you the option, I guess, if you so choose and probably on terms that would be, you know, advantageous to, to you and the team. Um, I guess that segues nicely into product market fit. And just curious, Alex, like, how do you think about product market fit? And, and do you think you and the team at OzGem have found it up to this point? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I really do think um, tools are something sports bettors want. And I think, you know, there's, we we've definitely hit our stride, I would say some of our tools don't fit that many people, but at least some of them fit more sports betters. Like we re recently relaunched this screen. It's kind of like a, like it just displays all the books and where their lines are set. And, you know, kind of from sophisticated to unsophisticated betters, we've kind of been able to hit them with why this is valuable and, you know, been able to, to, to kind of make traction. So I definitely think there are tools people want, people want to pay for. And 
again, people want to be better. Like I think, like I think a lot of people know the content books put out and just you know is kind of bullshit and the suggestions they put out type of thing. So I think you know having tools is definitely something at least maybe the top twenty percent of sports betters would be willing to pay for in some capacity. Maybe not hundreds of dollars a month, or maybe even just a free tool that's monetized in another way. But I do think people want tools, and I do think Odds Jam has successfully you know been able to appeal to more and more betters over time. You mentioned a few minutes ago, this is your first company. So what's been the biggest challenge for you so far building and growing Odds Jam to this point? And yeah, have you had a sort of a challenge that you've had to personally overcome so far on this journey? Well, I'm working with my best friend, so we're lucky in that way. And we're both pretty level-headed. We try, you know, don't, so I'd say we don't have a ton of arguments. I'd say the biggest issues have just been, you know, been a lot, been a lot, you know, it's been a lot of pressure and stuff like that kind of at points it's felt like. And I think it's just kind of us versus us in many ways and just keeping our head on straight, like dealing with kind of everything coming at you in life that's similar, similar, similar to, I would say the biggest difference is unlike a job, right? It's not a structure in many ways, both me and my co-founder's job. Like before it was like, I go in, I know when I'm leaving, you know, I know what I have to do each part of the day. Like now it's very different and, you know, pros and cons kind of come with that. 100%. You know, we're still early in 2023 right now. So looking ahead to the rest of the year in front of us, what are some of the major milestones you and the team are focused on? And I guess if we get to the end of 2023 and you look back, like what does a successful year look like for Odds Jam? I would say, again, we kind of view our growth just in terms of audience. So I would say like we'll feel good if we look back and we see our social or web traffic numbers. Like those are kind of the main things we focus on. Revenue kind of comes with that. And again, like, I do think there's a lot of ways you can monetize in this industry, whether it's B2B, whether it's B2C, or ultimately whether it's just, you know, partnering with companies that don't have as big of maybe an audience as you, maybe an exchange, maybe something like that. So there's a lot of ways you can monetize customers. So I think it's just continuing to create good products, good content, and ideally just continue to grow the audience as quickly as we can running up the next football season. But I would say our A number one priority at Odd Jam is audience growth, for sure. Right on. And then if we extend that question out five years from now and you're looking to your crystal ball, what does life look like for Odds Jam five years into the future in your wildest dreams? Sure. I don't know. I think there's a lot of opportunity. I really like the media approach and just kind of, I mean, once you have the audience, there's a lot of things you can do. You've seen people become operators based off of their audience, right? There's a lot of things you can do just in general. I think wildest dreams, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. Like we've, we've definitely toyed with different ideas. Like it'd be cool if you put that through odds jam or whatever on books and stuff like that. But I think for now, it's just, we feel, we always take a step back and realize, you know, scratch the surface of how many sports betters are in this damn country and how many there's about to be with these legalizations. So I don't even know if in five years we'll feel like we've done a good job getting in front of sports betters. There's just so many in convincing them and motivating them to use a tool and stuff like that. 100%. Well, Alex, that takes us to my standard closing question, which is this. If you weren't working in tech or betting or you weren't running a startup or doing anything you've ever done before in terms of trading or anything like that, in a parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? Alternate universe? Man, I'd be a stay-at-home dad. That sounds great. Not not a father yet, not staying at home, but no, I'm kidding. Um, 
I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, I love to gamble. So I like trading. I like poker. I liked all those things. So for that to be an alternate universe, I mean, because I'd be the opposite. That guy who just sits there and chills on a beach or something. Right. Soccer. <laughs> Maybe I'd be an athlete. That would be kind of, I guess. For people listening that want to check out the product and or get in touch with you or your team, can you quickly plug how they can go about doing all that? Yeah, I mean, you can email me. It's just alex at oddgm.com. I mean, we also are on, you know, every social media platform. I mean, the main ones, YouTube, Twitter, not really any others. Don't check. But um, yeah, email, socials, YouTube, um, and Twitter, I would say are biggest. And then just oddgm.com is the website. Right on. We'll all drop links to all those in the show notes. But for now, Alex, thanks so much for joining. It's been awesome to do a deeper dive on Odds Jam today and uh, wishing you and the team all the best for the year ahead. Appreciate it. You too as well. Thanks so much, Jesse.